Hey everybody, so good to be back with you again during our series called New, where we're just trying to discover ways that God's calling us to become new in all of our lives and for all of the world. We are so glad you're here. Hey, let me just remind you, you can always check in on our app. We love this thing because it just helps do all kinds of stuff. Not only can you check in that helps us to connect with you and develop relationships with you, but there's all kinds of ways for you to connect with scripture, uh, to have the sermon notes to, so you can connect in the message itself and certainly to make donations. And so I sure hope that you'll help us out by connecting and participating uh, in this worship series through the app and all the, its capabilities. Well, man, it's been so exciting to do this series called New. Uh, you may remember we started a few weeks ago and we were reminding ourselves that as different as things are and as weird as the world has become, we want to not so much think about how things can get back to normal, but rather how can we move forward? That's our whole goal. How can we become new? And we started with this guy called Nicodemus and he helped us to recognize a way that we can become new. He was born a nothing. And we remember that word that means to be born again or to be born anew or to be born from above. And Nicodemus taught us well that God's goal and God's desire for us is to become new. And what a powerful lesson uh, we learned. It's almost like uh, this gift is so powerful. It's not only there in Nicodemus's life, but we're told all the way at the end of Scripture, in the very last book of the Bible called Revelation, almost at the very end of the book in chapter 21, he literally reminds us, John, the gospel writer in the Revelation, that look, I am making all things new. And so part of that goal was we realized that in order to become new like Nicodemus, we needed to stop some things, we needed to change some things, and we need to start some things. And Pastor Doug did a great job last week uh, using the text from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that reminded us quite literally, if everyone belongs to Christ, they become a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything has been made new. And he gave us some great wisdom about ways to stop, right? That, that in order for us to get to a new place, sometimes we just need to stop some things. And I remember his great insight. Remember, he gave us three things that would help us to stop. He just said, look, name it, name whatever it is you need to stop, then tell somebody, right? And then finally ask for help. And all of that wisdom rolled up into one is so helpful to remind us that we can stop things and there's a great way to do it. Look, it was good insight. I, the only thing I would add to that is, is quite literally this, that it's too hard to start or change unless we stop something. In other words, what Doug was trying to remind us is we've got to stop some things first so that we've got room or capacity or ability to start or change things. And so today, that's what I want to do. I want to spend some time working around uh, change because now you've determined you're, you're going to stop something. Maybe it's a behavior. Maybe it's a thought process. Maybe it's some actions you do. Maybe it's a, an attitude, but you've determined that you're going to stop something. So today I want to spend some time trying to help us better understand what does it mean to change? What does it look like and how does it impact us? So I'm going to hover around a, a single question. And that question looks something like this. What needs to change so that the future looks different than the past? What needs to change so that the future looks different than the past? 
That's going to be my goal today is to help us better understand that. Because I don't know if you are like me, man, I'd like my future to look different than the now. My, my, my now and certainly the most recent past has been filled with all kinds of yuck, right? I mean, a pandemic, not to mention, but all kinds of violence and vitriol and anger and mean-spiritedness. We've been living through a time unlike any other in our human history, certainly in the most recent human history. And, and, and I want the future to look different. I want the future to be filled with hope and filled with peace and filled with possibility. But I am convinced the only way we're going to get there is if we stop certain things and change other things. And that change is going to make the future so much better than the past. But we've got to commit, we've got to determine, and we've got to realize that there really is a way forward. Well, look, thankfully, Scripture addresses this and can help us in so many ways. And the Apostle Paul gives us great wisdom over and over again in his various letters. But in the letter to the church at Rome, Paul spends a great amount of time sort of helping us understand what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does that look like? And how do I become one? And how do I live as one? Then he gets to chapter 12 of the book of Romans, and he has this huge insight for us about change. And it looks something like this. From the um, CEB translation, it just says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. So, so Paul just kind of lays it out there. He just kind of says, look, um, this is how it is. We need to be not so much conformed to the ways of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. And those words are fascinating, I think, conform and transform. We, we hear them often, uh, we recognize them, and yet I wonder if we understand what they mean. Let me, let me geek out just a little bit with you about these two words because Paul's wisdom about change hovers on these two words. So conform is an interesting thing. The, the prefix con means with. So I'm going to be with the world, if you will. And Paul says, don't be conformed to the ways of this world. Don't be with it. Don't be about it. Don't be for it. He says, don't be conformed. But transformed is fascinating because transformed actually sort of means the prefix trans can mean different. Think of some words with me like transport. If I transport something, it means I take something from one place to a different place, right? Or if I talk about transatlantic transportation, it means I'm clearly I'm crossing the Atlantic, but I'm going from one country or continent across the Atlantic to a different continent or country. And so trans means different. Uh, Paul is reminding us that we need to become different, not be with the world or about the world, though clearly we have to live in the world and we have to exist in the world. But Paul's reminding us we've got to become different, transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we better understand God's will, God's way, and God's understanding for who we are. I think ultimately what Paul is saying is this. If we want to be different, we've got to act 
differently. In other words, if we want to change, we've got to change. If we want to be different, we've got to act differently. It's not just about talking. It's not just about knowing. It's not just about understanding. It's about doing something different. Uh, you, you know that old age old status uh, that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and yet expecting different results. Friends, Paul is reminding us we can no longer do this, like banging our heads against the wall and wondering why our heads hurt. We've got to be different. We've got to do things differently. We can't just sort of think or wish or desire that things will change. We have to be the change agents. We have to do something about it. And ultimately, I'm convinced a part of what Paul is trying to tell us is we've got to look less like the world and more like Jesus. Think about that. Let's look less like the world and more like Jesus. And this is the hardest part, friends, because, of course, you and I, we exist in the world. We exist in everything that is. And yet the challenge of being a follower of Jesus and the insight of Paul is to remind us we've got to look less like this world and we've got to look more like Jesus. And so uh, I love the way John puts it in his gospel in the third chapter. It's John the Baptist actually telling us this and he's describing who Jesus is. And in the 30th verse of the third chapter, it literally just says, he, meaning Jesus, he must increase while I must decrease. And I'm convinced this is the only way it's going to work for change in our lives, is that we kind of um, de decrease who we are and our ways and our desires, and we let Christ within us increase. Some of you may know this church. It's called Life Church. They're based out of Oklahoma. Craig Rochelle is the senior pastor. The church is roughly 25 years old now, and they started in a single church, but they had a clear vision. And it was a fascinating vision because um, they, they some 25 years ago determined that they not only wanted multiple sites for their church eventually, but they wanted to broadcast and have a video venue presentation. Well, 25 years ago, that was on the edge. That was weird. That was unique. That was distinct. It was different. And when asked about this early on, Pastor Groeschel simply said, you know, we're simply trying to reach people that other churches are not reaching. And we have determined that the only way we're going to reach other people that the other churches are not reaching is by doing things differently. And boy, he was right. They did things differently some 25 years ago. It's not different anymore. We're all doing it now, aren't we? But by golly, they started 25 years ago. And I don't know what it's like now, but pre-COVID, they were reaching well over 90,000 people every single week on more than 30 campuses across the country because they were willing to do something different in order to reach different people. And it was highly successful. And it made me consider this thought that um, quite literally, if we want change, if we want to be change agents, if we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, I think we need to consider this thought. Look, if we want life to be different, do you want life to be different? I do. If you want life to be different, we have to be willing to do things that others are not willing to do. That's a little scary, isn't it, to think about that? It's a, certainly a little challenging. I've got to be willing to do things 
that others are not willing to do. I've got to be willing to change things, in fact, that others are not willing to change. And so as I begin to contemplate that, I wonder, so what does that look like? How can I not only be willing, but actually do those things that are different? How can I change them? So ponder with me just for a minute. If I want life to be different, I've got to be willing to change things that others are not. Well, in the followership of Jesus, as Paul was telling us in Romans chapter 12, it means challenging ourselves to change who we are and the ways we interact with others and with God. I want to offer you three simple things. Now, they're not easy, but they're simple. And I want to challenge you just like I'm going to be challenging myself over the next many weeks and months that if we can do at least these three things, we will be able to change and become new like Nicodemus and born from above. Here's the first one. If I want to be willing to change, I need to be willing to spend more time with God. More time with God. It's one of those things at the beginning of the year that we say we want to do, and some of us will do it because we want to change and we want to be different. And so I simply say, spend time in prayer. It could be five minutes, it could be 50 minutes. It doesn't really matter, just some time in conversation with God. Spend some time in scripture. Again, it could be five minutes or it could be 50 minutes. It doesn't really matter, just engage the scriptures. Just spend some more time with God. If you haven't been participating in worship online very often, try doing it every week or try doing it every other week if you've been doing it much less uh, frequently. But look, all of these are ways to just spend more time with God. And here's some good news for you. We've got some great opportunities that can help you. One of them is a new thing we've started in January and we're still in January, so you can still participate. And that's a read through the Bible opportunity in a year. And you just simply go to tmumc.org Bible and it's right there for you. It's a plan, it's laid out, it gives you all that you can do. You can start today or next week, it doesn't matter. It guides you through the whole thing. Spend some more time with God. If you'd like to know some better ways or, or more ways to spend time with God, I want to encourage you to go to tmumc.org slash health check where you can do the health checkup that helps you to better understand where you are spiritually, what you're doing currently to help your spiritual growth and what you could potentially be doing to help your spiritual growth. I want to encourage you to spend more time with God. It will help change your mind your heart, and your actions. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing I want to encourage you to do. We need to spend less time with stuff. <laughs> now, friends, uh, this is good or bad news, I don't know, but stuff is very broad, right? I mean, that's everything from uh, the social media that we're all consumed by. Let's spend a little less time with it to maybe the accumulation of wealth. There's nothing wrong with wealth, but when I spend so much time trying to accumulate it, I lose sight of my understanding of God. Maybe it's the way I think about people. Maybe it's the way I relate to other people. Maybe it's the way I commit way too much to my work. Or maybe it's listening too much to the news or certainly to those opinion news things, whatever they are. I, I, I've never even watched one of them. But it seems to me that if we'll spend less time with the stuff in our lives and more time with God 
man, it'll change again, our minds, our hearts and our actions. I can't tell you how many people literally just over the last three, four, five years who've come to me at some point in their journey and, and, and they, they are deeply faithful people, but they had become consumed with these opinion news folks. And they literally have come to me and said, Daniel, I realized that I could still be a follower of Jesus and still have my political opinions, but I didn't need to watch those people anymore. Because what I realized was they were making me angry. They were getting me agitated. They were causing me to think less about God and more about things. And every single time I said, hallelujah, praise God. Because you see, we've got to be able to spend less time with stuff and more time with God. Here's the third thing. I think if in order to change and become new, we need to have more commitment to Jesus. Not to a church even, not to a pastor, not to a denomination, not to anything else, but to Jesus. You see, here's the deal, friends. This thing called Christianity, this thing that we say we believe in, this man who claims our hearts and lives, this isn't a hobby. This isn't something we just kind of think about every once in a while. He needs to consume who we are and that will change us. I mean, he was pretty clear, actually, when he called people to follow him. Uh, Luke chapter nine tells us uh, quite literally, Jesus talked to the crowd and he just said, look, if any of you want to follow me, you need to stop your own ways, take up the cross and follow me. Now, um, I, I don't know about you, but that's pretty clear. You, you need to stop doing your own way, follow your own ways. In, in other translations, it says, take up the cross, carry it. In other words, metaphorically carry the teachings of Jesus, carry the life of Jesus. You know, we're told we're supposed to forgive people. But Jesus tells us we need to forgive 70 times seven. We, we know we're supposed to love our neighbor, but Jesus tells us we're supposed to love our enemies. We, we know that we're supposed to be a follower of Jesus, but he says to us more than once, if you don't love me, meaning Jesus, if you don't love me more than you love mom and dad, son or daughter, then you're not worthy of me. Wow. That's pretty intense, wouldn't you say? And yet what Jesus is saying to us is, if we want to be different, if we want to be born from above like Nicodemus was, we need to be more committed to Jesus than we are to anybody else, any other leader, any other person, any other teaching. We need to be more committed to Jesus. And it's a challenge because to follow Jesus' teachings are difficult. And yet what I realize in my own life is when I spend more time with God, less time with my stuff, and am more committed to Jesus than anything else, I become new. I become changed. And all things become possible. If you want life to be different, you've got to be willing to change things more than most anybody else is willing to change. And so our goal in this life is to figure out if I wanna be different, <laughs> I gotta actually be different. 
I've got to change the things that I do, the thoughts that I have, the desires that I live into, the ways that I interact with people. Friends, Paul was really right. We can't be with the world if we want to be different in the world. We've got to be transformed. We've got to become different. So I'm going to ask you a question. What are you willing to change in the days that lie ahead so that you, me, we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we really will know the will of God, the desire of God's heart to become mature and strong in who we are as God's followers. Friends, I look forward to hearing what you're going to change, how you will become new, and how we can help the world become bigger and better at doing God's work in the world because we were willing to change and be transformed. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the way in which he changes our hearts and our minds, for the opportunities we have to live more clearly for him in the world. God, just give us strength and courage to make the change we need to make in our lives. Help us be willing to spend more time with you, less time with our stuff, and more committed to Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, the Lord of our lives. Help us, Lord because we need it and we want it. So may we be changed in all that we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we now pray, amen. Friends, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the ways in which you continue to make ministry possible. Your generosity every single week is amazing and it's helping to transform lives and hearts every single day. Friends, if you'd like to make a gift now or maybe even schedule a gift, you can text to give if you'd like. You can simply text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Or of course, you can always go online to tmumc.org slash gift. But no, every single time, your gift is transforming the world. Thanks so much.